to my space, back to my reality right now. If you want to learn about the walls of the universe and manifestation and what consciousness is all about, then continue to watch this live. Hi, everybody. I'm a little bit later today than normal because I was traveling last night, got in late and wanted to still do this live today. So I'm usually at 930 every Monday and Friday talking about manifestation. Grand Rising, everybody, to everybody that's just joining. I am back on my side, in my side of town. And hi, Supreme Rising. Um, let's just say my the space that I was able to create when I was in Mexico was something that was both magical and challenging. Um, when you really understand how easy it is to manifest things, the things that you want and the things that you don't want, you realize and recognize your power. So there were certain circumstances that I simply created that were undesirable to me while I was away. And I know the, I can retrace the exact thoughts that caused that manifestation to happen. So what we've been talking about for, you know, the last several months about manifestation is that we know that our thoughts create. And when you can simply go back into your mind and say, I created this circumstance based on that thought then you're like, okay, I really believe in this. And that happened to me several times while I was there for both favorable and unfavorable situations. And while I was there, um, I think it's maybe the, like right before I went, I said, oh my God, there's gonna be an amazing opportunity that's gonna come up for me when I, while I'm in Mexico. And surely enough, I was asked to teach at the boot camp that I was attending. So I was able to teach two classes and um, hold space for all the people that were there. And it was just so amazing to be able to do the things that I truly love. So I taught two vinyasa flow classes and we had an amazing time. So I created that situation or circumstance literally with minimal effort at all. And then there were other circumstances. I spoke it right into existence. Then there were other circumstances that I didn't like but I know that I created them for my own reasons, but I still created them, right? So it's just a matter of holding ourselves accountable for our reality. That's what, that is the easiest way that it boils down to is holding space for the fact that we're creating the reality that we're now living in. It's my responsibility. I have to be responsible for the things that I'm created, creating because I'm not a victim to the things that are happening in my world because I'm, I'm only creating them. So the only person you can be a victim to is your own mind. And that's why it's so difficult to change your mind because we're wired, we're hardwired in a certain way. So it's difficult to override that wiring and rewire, but it's not impossible. The question is for every single person is how bad do you want it? How bad do you want your desires and your reality? That's the question that you need to ask yourself. If you're just like, this is too hard, I'm not going to do it. You'll always be a victim to the reality that's happening to you. But if you take your life by the balls and say, I'm responsible for all the things that I'm creating then you can only have a desirable life after that because you know, shit, I created that. I remember the exact thoughts that I was thinking 
to create this shitty circumstance. Right? Um, we're, today I'm reading from The Power of Awareness and Feeling as a Seeker by Neville Goddard. Uh, while I was there, I was um, doing some light teaching on manifestation to people that I was there with. And um, it's so, it's life-changing. It becomes almost an addiction for people that hear about this to want to learn about it. Because once we realize that we are the operant power, we are the operant power of our reality. We're the writer, we're the director, we're the main star. Everyone else that is in your reality are just playing extra roles. They're just playing co-star roles in your reality. Unless, I have dreadlocks, by the way. Unless you give that person a bigger role and you put that a person on a pedestal, then they're going to be the star of your movie and you're never going to have control of your life. But when you recognize I'm writing what's happening in my world, I'm receiving what's happening in my world based on my thinking. So if I can create it, then I can recreate it because I hold the pen and pencil to my life. So if, if you are in a position right now that you do not like, Start to go back into your mind and think about what are the shitty thoughts that I was having that created this circumstance. And I guarantee you, you can pinpoint it. And the key to Neville Goddard's teaching, which are just the laws of the universe and laws of consciousness, is that, one, obviously your thoughts create. The more that you dwell in something, the more it becomes your reality. So if you, if you live or try to live more inside of your consciousness and choose to imagine things. Use your imagination. Right when you're a kid, you're like, oh, this, this kid has a wild imagination. For some reason, we, we let that go after childhood because this is not what we're taught. We're not taught that our thoughts and our feelings have magical powers because they do. We're just taught that that's child's play. Oh, you're just using your imagination. That's just what kids do. Your imagination is where, cre is where creation begins. Everything starts with an idea. Everything starts with an idea. Everything that happens in your reality started with an idea first. So um, I think this is the part of feeling as a seeker. It's the second part of this book. But it's um, law and its operation. So we'll start to talk about that. The world and all within it is man's conditioned consciousness objectified. Consciousness is the cause as well as the substance of the entire world. So it is to consciousness that we must turn if we would discover the secret of creation. So if you believe that to be true, it's not a belief, it's what is. But if you feel this to be true, you know this to be true, the world and all it is, is man's conditioned consciousness. That is our conditioned thinking. Objectified. Right? So all the conditioning that we were taught from when we were a child, it's just our world objectified. Like if you're dealing with, for example, if you're dealing with someone that's really difficult all the time, right? Guys, my hair's not going lighter again. But if, you, if you're dealing with someone that's very difficult, you understand that that person can only react to things in their reality based on their conditioned thinking. 
It's like going back to an abused animal. An abused animal will come from a space of being abused. You can try to pet it and it will try to bite you. You can sit next to it. You can slowly put your hand out. It'll try to bite you, right? It has doesn't have trust. It's operating from a space of being afraid. It's operating from a space of being hurt, being confused. So we all operate from our conditioned consciousness. For a long time, my conditioned consciousness with money, my in relation to money. And by the way, this is a manifesting one. This isn't about money today because I just had like a, a break because I was obviously in Mexico. Um, and I just wanted to talk about this because I started to read the power of awareness and feeling is the secret while I was down there. So I was like, there was a couple of things that I really wanted to talk about. But um, I don't even know what I was just saying, but I was talking about conditioned minds. Um, so our level of or our conditioning is how we respond in the world. When you're dealing with someone that comes from a space of hurt, it's completely different than someone that's coming from a space of positivity, right? Knowledge of the law of consciousness and the method of operating this law will enable you to accomplish all you desire in life. Armed with a working knowledge of this law, you can build and maintain an ideal world. Consciousness is the one and only reality, not figuratively, but actually. This reality may, for the sake of clarity, be likened unto a stream which is divided into two parts, the conscious and the subconscious. In order to intelligently operate the law of consciousness, it is necessary to understand the relationship between the conscious and the subconscious mind. Have fun, Shell. The conscious is personal and selective. So the conscious mind is, I get up and I take my dog for a walk. I'm consciously doing this thing. I get up and I make myself breakfast. I take this glass of water and I drink it. How, okay, let me just see this question. Um, how far into the future do our does our thoughts reflect, affect our reality? When will we receive results like the things you could pin your unwanted situations back to? Would you have been able to change it in retrospect of you? I get what you're saying. So how far into the future does our thoughts affect reality? That's like hard to answer, but so our current present reality right this minute is a result of our past thinking. So the amount of time it takes for something to manifest is different for everyone. Just like people say, well, how long does it take the patches to work? It takes the patches how long to work based on how imbalanced your body is. So when you're talking about manifestation, you're saying how long into the future Will it basically unfold? It all depends on how natural it feels. So when I talk about my car, I manifested it literally overnight. Why? Because I had no attachment to it. I was just like, I'm getting this car and that's it. I already knew it in my head, right? Um, same thing with teaching. It was like, I know that there's an opportunity, a teaching opportunity that's going to happen to me when I'm in Tulum. And it did. I had no emphasis on it. There was no weight on it. But when it comes to other things that you really like put on a pedestal, if it comes to something that you really, really want and you like feel the lack of it, whether it's a relationship or it's like, I really want this house that I want to buy or I really hope that I get to see this person, I miss them. When you're coming from a state of lack, your manifestation could take forever. But if you're coming from a state of, I know that I'm going to have this conversation with this person, without a doubt, and you let it go. You planted the seed in your consciousness and you're just waiting for it to grow. Or you're not even paying attention whether it goes because you know that it's going to. 
Like it's like planting a seed in the garden. I say this all the time. You plant the seed, you don't sit there and stare at it and wait for it to grow out of the ground. You plant it, you water it, and you walk away. And that's the same thing with manifestation. But if you're constantly dwelling on it, why isn't it here yet? Where is it? What's taking so long? That only prolongs the process because you don't have faith in the law of the universe. It's all based on beliefs, feelings, emotions, and things manifest. It, it is the law of attraction, it's, but this is just the law of assumption. So they're all basically very similar. But the law of assumption is assuming that which you believe to be true. So it's living in the state of the wish that you want to fulfill. Your dream house. Every night before you go to sleep, I'm thinking of my dream house. I see the color of, of the floors. I see the walls. I see all the decor in there. I'm happy. I'm content. Every night you see that house. You know exactly the address. You know where it is. You have no idea how you're going to get there, but you're there. That's creating. That's conscious creating. By this law, first conceiving an idea and then impressing the idea conceived on the subconscious, all things evolve out of consciousness. And without this sequence, there is not anything made that is made. The conscious impresses the subconscious, while the subconscious expresses all that is impressed upon it. So in your conscious mind, if you're thinking over and over again, you know, of something negative that happened to you over and over again, that repetition impresses the subconscious mind and then the subconscious mind it's like you put it's like you have an idea right you have this idea you put it on a a, you put it on a baking sheet this idea of your cookies you put on the baking sheet then you put it into the oven and it bakes it and then you take it out it's the same thing with your consciousness you have this idea then you put it into the oven which is your subconscious mind your subconscious mind cooks it and then out it comes and it's ready for you It's the same thing with, that's how the mind works. Therefore, through this, through his power to imagine and feel and his freedom to choose the idea he will entertain, man has control over creation. Control of the subconscious is accomplished through control of your ideas and feelings. If you don't have control of your ideas and feelings, you will always be a victim to your current circumstances because you just don't understand the laws of the universe. So therefore, the man who does not control his feeling may easily impress the subconscious with undesirable states. By control of feeling is not meant restraint restraint or suppression of your feeling, but rather the disciplining of self to imagine and entertain only such a feeling as that contributes to your happiness. So how many people on here right now have the discipline to entertain only thoughts that they wish to have created? or create how many people can honestly say that they're able to do that i have the willpower to only entertain thoughts that will contribute to my happiness or do we contribute and dwell on all the things that we don't want why did this happen why did this person speak to me this way why is this unfolding like this how can i ever have that the things that i that i want i don't have any money how can i ever be rich I grew up poor. My family never has money. If we dwell on these things, those are our beliefs. That's the only thing that we could experience in our reality. But if you literally change your thought process, 
to I'm making more money every day. Maybe you don't believe that you're wealthy, right? Maybe that's too far-fetched for you. I am making more money every single day. More and more money flows to me every single day, and I'm so grateful. I'm reading from The Power of Awareness and Feeling is the Secret. If anybody wanted to write that down, I can pin it. The Power of Awareness and Feeling is the Secret by Neville Goddard. Neville is the G. Never entertain an undesirable feeling, nor think sympathetically about wrong in any shape or form. Do not dwell on the imperfection of yourself or others. Or others. You know why? Or others. Because your subconscious mind doesn't know that you're talking about somebody else. They only accept what you say to be true. Look at that person. That person's fat. Look at that person. That person's ugly. Oh, that person's an asshole. Your subconscious listens to everything that you say. And when you say things with conviction, when you believe things and are convicted by that, your subconscious holds on to that and creates that for your reality. Thank you. The power of awareness. Okay. Um, did I miss any? I don't know what your last question though was. Can you can you um, re-ask that question? Okay. Um, to do so is to impress the subconscious, subconscious with these limitations. What you do not want done to you, do not feel that it is done to you or another. It's like being jealous of someone, right? <clears throat> When you are having that feeling of jealousy, that's coming from a state of lack. So your subconscious only feels that negative feeling and creates more of it or gives more of a reason to create more of it. What you do not want done to you. Okay. This is the whole law of a full, happy and happy life. Everything else is commentary. Every feeling makes a subconscious impression. Unless it is counteracted by a more powerful feeling of an opposite nature, it must be expressed. So any of the feelings that you have, longing for someone, missing someone, being sad, hating your life, all of these are very strong feelings and emotions, and that can only be expressed into your reality. You're already feeling it in your reality now, which means you must have been feeling it prior because everything that's happening now in our reality is a result of our creation. And I've, like I said, in the last week, I've created unfavorable circumstances that I did not like. But I knew exactly where that I created them from. I, I already knew where they, where they stem from. Less weight and the less of a pedestal, the more easily it comes. How do we lighten it if it feels heavy? How is it then that strong negative comes I don't know what the second question is how do we lighten it if it feels heavy so I don't know this is I guess an easy question and difficult at the same time self-concept is a very big part of manifestation and things that Neville Goddard talks about and teaches is the concept of self so if our concept of ourself is that I'm not lovable I'm not worthy um, I've never had money. I'm always sick. If that is the concept of self, that is where we have to start with making changes first is what is my concept? Literally write down. What are my beliefs about myself? 
what are my beliefs? What are my true beliefs about myself? So go back to your childhood. Go back to your relationships with parents, people that were close to you. Did they make you feel chosen? Do they make you feel loved and wanted? Do they make you feel that you were smart and that you were good at things? Or did they always bash you and say you'll never amount to anything? Why are you so stupid? Those become what is known as our self-concept, our concept of ourselves. So in order to take something off of the pedestal, you have to work on the core beliefs about yourself. We manifest our reality. You have to reframe what your core beliefs about yourselves are. And it's a job. It's difficult work. But once you get over that hump and you really start to make changes within yourself, your life becomes so much easier. And then you will be able to react in a way that's different than you've ever reacted before. You'll be able to react in a place coming from a space of love rather than coming from ego, rather than coming coming from your need to be right about things. Once you start to heal that concept of yourself and you reframe it, and you become in love with yourself, and you become in love with the things around you, everything starts to change. So that's, I don't know if that's a simple answer or not, but writing down your true beliefs about yourself will tell you a lot about why your life is the way that it is. I have a crazy obsession with perfectionism. So there are times where it's like, I'm not going here because I don't look good enough. It is a programming. It is a programming that stemmed from childhood. When I was so out of control emotionally because of my parents' separation, that led me to an eating disorder that I had control of that. I had control of my desires. I had control of how I was going to look. I had control of how thin I was going to be. So that programming still runs me in some points. It, I mean, it's gotten so much better, but there is still a small part of me that has this unattainable ideal of perfection, right? So if I don't feel that I'm perfect enough, then I'm going to continue to manifest certain situations that reflect you're just not good enough. You're just not perfect enough, right? So it's changing that conception of myself in order for me to know I can have any fucking thing that I want because I am good enough because I am perfect enough. I am perfectly imperfect in every single way, right? So that's the idea of self-concept. Hopefully that explains it better that writing down all the things that I believe about myself that stem from my childhood, it's going to give me a good printout of what my life looks like or why my life looks the way that it does right now. Uh, The dominant of two feelings is the one that's expressed. I am healthy is a stronger feeling than I will be healthy. To feel I will be is to confess that I am not. I am strong. I am is stronger than I am not. Right? So we always want to to live in present tense. Whenever we're saying any affirmations, any I am's always in the present without a negative. Like, okay, let's, for example, I am not fat rather than I am skinny. It's just a random thing, but you don't want to have a negative thing in there, which is the not the I am is what am I? 
I am healthy. I am wealthy. I am abundant. I am joyful. I am loved. I am filled with gratitude. Rather than, I will be wealthy. I will be healthy. Because you, you don't believe it in your mind. That's doubting the laws of the universe. So we, we always want to come from a present place. It's already done. It's already happened. Right? It's already done. What you feel you are always dominates what you feel you would like to be. Therefore, to be realized, the wish must be felt as a state that is rather that is rather than a state that is not. Sensation precedes manifestation and is the foundation upon which all manifestation rests. Be careful of your moods and feelings, for there is an unbroken connection between your feelings and your visible world. So always paying attention to our thoughts and our feelings because they are related directly to what we see in our physical reality. Do you think it's better to say you, you are something that you are not yet or that you are becoming? Is there a difference? Uh, okay, so just what I explained. Becoming means you, not, you aren't yet already which you wish to be. So it's always talking from the present tense. I am a pillar of health and I'm a, pil a pillar and I am being health and I am being healthy. So again, not I am becoming because that means that you don't already possess that. When we take possession of something and we feel it within ourselves, that's when we express it into this, into the reality that we're experiencing. But if you say I am becoming healthy, does that mean you're becoming healthy in a day? Does that mean you're becoming healthy in a month? Does that mean you're becoming healthy in 10 years? What does becoming mean? The subconscious goes by clarity. It When you say I am becoming or I will be, the subconscious is like, all right, well, I'll give that to you in like 15 years. Cool. But when you say I am this, I am it already. So the laws of the universe have to conspire to make that happen when you have that strong conviction about it. It's not just saying all day, I am healthy, I am healthy, I am healthy. Some people teach that the repetition is what impresses the subconscious mind, but if there's not really a strong belief behind that, I feel it takes longer to manifest something than to just say something with empty words rather than going into your imagination, visualizing, seeing yourself in that perfect health, what that means to you. How much do you weigh exactly? Get very specific. What size pants do you wear? How does your hair look? How does your skin look? Joe Dispenza teaches this all the time because he healed himself through his mind. The mind is so powerful it can heal the body without any kind of intervention other than the mind and consciousness. So if we understand that, that this is proven through science, this isn't just new age, which a lot of people label it as. These philosophies have been around. Buddha's been teaching this stuff. All of these philosophers, Jesus, all of them have been teaching this stuff for thousands of years. This is not new. But people want to just label things because they're afraid to go out of their comfort zone. They're afraid to see things differently than the way that they've been programmed to think about religion and how they should feel. <clears throat> Excuse me. And how they should feel. I'm grateful. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Um, so hopefully that's clear. Think, so this is a big one of Neville, is think feelingly. What the hell does that mean? Think with so much feeling and conviction that you already have it, that it has no choice but to show up in your reality. I've literally manifested things in hours, a day, two days, minutes, 
while I was in Mexico, I would do meditations and it, inst- it showed up within 15 minutes and I did it at least five times, at least five times. So I was really testing the laws of the universe on this last trip, but it didn't fail me. Even for the things that I didn't want, I knew that I did it. I knew that I did it. So it can show up for you that fast when you have that much conviction and when you think feelingly, when you go into and embody the state that you want. Like, for example, go back to the happiest time of your life. Just think of one moment of the happiest time of your life. Take a minute, one minute to just go in your mind, close your eyes and think about it. It instantly shifts your mood. Instantly. So if I could just think of something that happened to me that made me happy and that could shift my mood, it can shift your reality and it can happen that fast. It's a little freaky. I was like, okay, I got my powers back. I'm good. Feeling the reality of the state sought and living and acting on that conviction is the way of all seeming miracles. So he talks about when you live in the state of the wish fulfilled, you're literally embodying that. So if I were in my magical dream job, if I lived in the perfect house, how would I be? If I had the amount of money that I wanted, what would I think? What would I plan on purchasing? It's literally playing with your imagination, which is probably the reason why they just shrunk it down to, oh, kids have such a wild imagination because they know that your thoughts create. Everything is inverted on this planet or plane of existence. It's interesting to also think about how many diseases and chronic pain have an emotional component. If we can heal that emotional pain or trauma in our minds, we heal our body. Exactly. So it's all about alignment. Everything is about alignment. Where do you align in your mind? What feelings are stuck within you? Because if you think feelingly about something so strong that's so negative and you harbor that negative energy, it's proven that tumors develop from that energy. Cancer can develop. Disease can develop from thinking feelingly of something so negative. You were so hurt. You were cheated on. Whatever it was that someone did to you, that you hold on to that. It's like that saying, um, not forgiving someone is, what is it about the poisoning? That you think you're poisoning someone else, but you're poisoning yourself. I don't remember exactly what, what the saying is, but it's the same thing. When we're operating from ego, when we're, I'll never talk to that person again, but you're still harboring all that energy. I'll show them and all these ego things, right? You hold that within yourself. Eventually that manifests into illness. So something that was emotional becomes physical in the same way that something emotional within you, whether it's good or bad, becomes physical in your reality. It's no different. Okay, to clarify my second point from before. How is it that heavy negative feelings manifest more easily, but the positive needs to be light? Okay, how is it that heavy negative feelings take... Heavy negative feelings manifest more easily? Because... I think it's 90%. It might be higher than that. 90%. It's 90 or 95% of our subconscious programming is negative. This is general statement 90 to 95 percent and i'm not 100 percent sure on those numbers but it's high up there 
we are negatively programmed species. So because we're programmed with that, that is our core belief. There are very few people that I've met that have core beliefs that like, I'm so loved, like my life is so amazing. How many people, if you guys, anybody that wants to answer that, how many people do you know that are like that? Where the sun just shines out of their ass. How many people do you know that are like that? I know very, very few. Hmm. Very, 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 very few. So if we're all running around with a consciousness that is mostly negatively programmed, that's how it manifests so easily. Because that's our core belief. If, my, if our core beliefs were, I'm loved, everybody loves me, this is such an amazing life, I have the most beautiful and amazing life, I'm filled with gratitude every single day, then you can manifest something instantly. Because that's where you come from. Your beliefs are that everything works out for me. My life is amazing every single day. Then manifesting doesn't take long at all if that's what your core belief is. But most people do not come from that core belief system. So something negative will manifest so much easier because you dwell in that. Like, oh my God, I don't have enough money. Like, I just have enough money to pay my bills. Okay, if I spend this amount of money, we come from that poverty mindset. We come from a state of lack. We come from a state of I'm not chosen. We come from a state of I wish I had that. We come from a state of jealousy. So that's the easiest thing to manifest because that is what you truly believe. If you believed I wasn't loved by my mother or father, if you were abused by a parent, you could only come from that space and manifest more of that unless you actively change it every single day. <laughs> um, how can I make something manifest if I don't have specifics yet? I need to move, but I don't know where. Okay, so with that, you don't have specifics yet. So we can go with, I'm, how are you on here? You're flying. So specifics, um, you don't have specifics. I am living the most amazing life in the most beautiful space that I could ever live in. I trust that the universe guides me to the most amazing space where I meet my true soul tribe and I am the happiest I've ever been. So that could be a way for the universe to open up those opportunities for you, even though you don't specifically know where it's going to be, but you're trusting that the universe is going to send you exactly what you need. Pick a climate, see yourself in the climate. I like that. My sister, she said, pick a climate and see yourself in that climate and the rest will unfold. We don't always have to have all the answers in order to get answers. But with manifesting and being specific, you know what will make you happy. So what is it that's going to make you happy? I am living in a space where I am absolutely thrilled every single day that I wake up. Right? Instead of, I hate it here and this place sucks and I want to move and I don't know where to go and I'm lost. I just said I am in all negative ways. I don't know where to go. I am lost. I am not happy here. So the universe can only give me more of those things. But if I say I am living in the happiest space that I could ever imagine, and so many things are unfolding for me that truly fill my heart and my soul, then that's what will come and gravitate towards you. Think feelingly only of the state you desire to realize. Feeling the reality of this. Oh, I already read that. 
A change of feeling. Okay, this is a really good one. A change of feeling is a change of destiny. A change of feeling is a change of destiny. If every day you feel like my life sucks and I hate this and I can't wait to get out of here, what am I going to do? I'm going to lose my job. Two, I love my life. I'm having so much fun. Everything happens to me that is so amazing every single day. I have the best job in the entire world. I could not be happier. And you shifted. A change of feeling is a change of destiny. Right? All creation occurs in the domain of the subconscious. What you must acquire then is a reflective control of the operation of the subconscious. That is control of your ideas and feelings. Chance or accident is not responsible for the things that happen to you, nor is predestined fate the author of your fortune or misfortune. Your subconscious impressions determine the conditions of your world. That simple. Did I miss any people? No. Okay. I don't know what time it is. So I'm just rambling on. 1040. Okay. A couple more minutes. Uh, the subconscious never fails to express that which has been impressed upon it. If you're subconscious, if you are expressing certain things in your subconscious and you are thinking feelingly, it has to be expressed. You got kicked off. Shocker. The moment it receives an impression, it begins to work out the ways of its expression. It accepts the feeling impressed upon it, your feeling as a fact existing within itself, and immediately sets about to produce in the outer or objective world the exact likeness of that feeling. Uh, where was I at? The subconscious is not selective. It's impersonal. And no respecter or persons. I don't know. It is impersonal and no respecter of persons. The subconscious is not concerned with the truth or falsity of your feeling. It always accepts as true that which you feel to be true. So your subconscious is not going to choose for you like you shouldn't be thinking these, these things or that's bad and you shouldn't think of that because it's going to happen in your reality. Your subconscious just, ex just accepts whatever you think is true. Whether it's true or it isn't, it accepts it as truth. Same thing with COVID. They, all day long, if you remember, in 2020, every single minute of the day, six feet social distance, six feet social distance, six feet social distance, six feet social distance. It's the repetition, and people go into a theta brainwave state when they're watching television, that impresses the subconscious mind. So even though you don't believe it, if you hear it enough, you believe it. I didn't believe in any of it, but there I was in a store and I like backed away from somebody because I wasn't six feet apart from them. And I didn't believe that, but I was impressed so much in my subconscious mind that it was just a subconscious thing that I would just move away from someone. And again, not because I had the belief in it, but my subconscious was impressed by their bullshit. That's how it works. That's why TV is so important. They wanted as many people in front of a television as they possibly could. Everybody had to stay in their house. So the only thing that you were doing was watching TV. And your subconscious was being programmed all day with the death toll. And people are dying in fear. So that was unity consciousness. Everyone was in front of their television listening all day. Scary music. Dramatization. Six feet. Social distance. Wear your mask. All those things were just a, a programming. Turn your TV off, throw it out the window. It's a programming device. And that's exactly how 
our reality works. If no one listened to the TV, if we had no propaganda, and they said there was a virus out there, maybe a few people would listen and be like, oh, people are sick. Nobody would know what was going on in the world. Therefore, no one would be affected by it because it's a programming. You can believe yourself sick or you can believe yourself healthy. You can believe yourself to be fearful or you can believe yourself to have courage. Okay, last thing. The subconscious never alters the accepted beliefs of man. It outpictures them to the last detail whether or not they are beneficial. It doesn't matter. Whether or not your beliefs are beneficial to your reality doesn't matter because the subconscious doesn't care if it's good or bad. It's a computer. You can upload a bunch of really bad, evil things on the computer. Your computer's not going to say, hey, don't upload this shit here. It's the same thing with your consciousness. It doesn't care if you have bad thoughts. It doesn't care if you wish harm on people. It just accepts what you believe to be true. Just like the computer. You upload something into it and it accepts it. It doesn't tell you, no, you can't do this. So I'm going to read that again. The subconscious never alters the accepted beliefs of man. Steph, that's amazing. The subconscious never alters the accepted beliefs of man. If I believe this, my subconscious accepts it and says, all right, I'll give you that. If you believe that you're unwanted and you're ugly and nobody loves you and you're not chosen. Okay, I'm going to place that order with the universe and come right up. If you believe I'm loved, I'm cherished, I'm nourished, I'm happy, I'm joyful, I'm grateful for all the things that I have, the universe shows up and gives you that. That's it. It's whatever you believe to be true. The subconscious never alters the accepted beliefs of man. That's how miracles happen. Miracles are not really miracles. It's your beliefs that create. So if you're sitting there creating something with another person and you both have that same conviction and belief, it's not the miracle that's happening. It's the consciousness that's creating it. And our consciousness is miraculous. But it's not like, oh my God, I can't believe this miracle. You created that miracle to happen. To impress, one more thing. To impress the subconscious with a desirable state, you must assume the feeling that would be yours had you already realized your wish. So if you already had what you were desiring, what feeling would you have? And I gave this example before. If you knew a month from now, a million dollars was going to be put into your bank account. Without question. You'd be thinking about how excited you are. Like, I'm going to go on this trip. I'm going to buy this house. I'm going to send money to these people. I'm going to help my family. You'd be so excited. So that's what he's saying is you have to assume the feeling that would be yours. Have you already had what it is that you want? If it's an amazing relationship every single day, think about what it would be like you're in that relationship you have so many, you have an amazing time. You go on vacations together. You do this together. You're, you know, whatever it is. Assume the feeling that would be yours had you already realized your wish. To think feelingly on any state impresses it on the subconscious. Therefore, if you dwell on difficulties, barriers, or delay, the subconscious, by its very non-selective nature, accepts the feeling of difficulties and obstacles as you request and proceeds to produce them in your outer world. So we will stop there. So we're going to say that again. If you dwell on difficulties, barriers, or delay, the subconscious, by its very non-selective nature, 
accepts the feeling of difficulties and obstacles as your request and proceeds to produce them in your outer world. The end. So if we can understand that, then that means that we really have to have more of a firm grasp on the things that we're thinking because that is what is creating the reality that we have. Thank you from the Bay Area. Um, okay. So have a wonderful day and thank you. Thank you too. Um, so glad to be doing this with you guys on this Friday. I will be live tonight actually with Gary for the stem cell patch testimonials uh, because we weren't live this week. There's poor service down in Mexico or whatever. So uh, I will see you guys tonight at 9 p.m. I am saving it and I am posting it so you guys can share it. And I hope that you have an amazing weekend. Send you so much love. And remember that you are the operant power of your reality. Nobody else is. You are. Adios.